Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to AFL Nation for Elders for Australian Agriculture and Tyre Power. Tyre safety experts week in, week out. This is the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. Beaumont's floor tile sale. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles now. And before you dig Australia, lodge a free inquiry online. Kim Dillon with you, joined by Paul Bonzer, the voice of the Sandful over here in South Australia, and Dan Menzel, the former Cat, the former Sydney Swan, the former Central District star, the former Woodville West Tyre. Current. Uh, current. Yes. Current, sorry. Sorry, I went off a bit early then. I went off a little bit early. He's had a few injuries lately. And, of course, now starring on SEN. Welcome to the Nord Oval. Beautiful day at this stage. Hey, boys, you've been busy. You are at Mount Barker yesterday. Lovely day yesterday, Kimbo. What a setup it was out there, Dan. It was uh, just elite, wasn't it? The big crowd in, 7,500 people. Uh, the rain stayed away for the whole game. It was just... Uh, they couldn't have done it better, really. No, it was brilliantly done out there. The deck looked amazing. It's a ground that you'd love to play on and... Uh, yeah, look, Brisbane were far too good in the end, but the crowd loved a really nice terrace on the hill as well to give it a good country feel, and I think it's a massive success so far, Kimbo, for you the saw AFL. a little bit on TV, Dan. Was it windy there? It looked fairly exposed and open. Yeah, it, it was windy. It went across the ground, so it meant that there was a fair bit of footy played on the outer side of the of the ground over that wing, but it was one that probably didn't impact the game as much as we thought it would. Both teams have kicked five goals, one to quarter time, and uh, the, the goal kicking was actually very accurate early, and we yep. saw Danaher and Hipwood hit the scoreboard board as well, which you never know how their goal kicking will go, and as a result that meant the Brisbane were just far too good in the end. I was happy to see uh, Joey Danaher kick a few. I, I, I went for a wild card in terms of the Coleman medal. Oh, I like I've it. I popped a lot of stick for it too. They had a number of texts coming through saying you'd need 200 shots. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he could have had 200 shots yesterday. He really should have kicked 10 yesterday. Yeah. He he was uh, clearly the best forward on the ground and looked dangerous every time the ball went forward. Just incredible, Kimbo, the way that North Melbourne actually played against Brisbane as well. I understand that Clarko, his new game plan is to get him to press, but it meant that Joey Danaher and Eric Hipwood didn't have any body contact on him yep. all day and they were in a, a lot of space. You can't give guys like that who are confident players that much space to be able to get up and about. And uh, you played a lot of footy up forward. Uh, he was a genuine forward. 19 possessions, not one handball. Correct. Is that right? Not Correct. one handball. No need to. Where there were opportunities <laughs> and he just chose and not it, to. He probably explains the space that he had because yeah. he didn't actually need to give that handball and uh, you love that as a forward when you've had 19 touches and 19 kicks. Uh, we'll talk about gather around shortly. Adelaide or South Australia is buzzing at the moment. It's been a huge success. It looks like it may stay here. We'll hear from Gil a little bit later. Three games coming up today. Of course, the one we're seeing here, Hawthorne and GWS, 18th v 15th. But I think it's going to be a fair contest. Uh, when you go away for something like this, both teams, it's a neutral ground. I give Hawks a silly chance. I still think GWS would be a little bit strong, yep. but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Hawks deliver today. And yeah. we see the number one draft pick for GWS, Cadman. It's going to be great to see Cadman and see how he goes. He's a likely type. They've given him a bit of time before he comes into the game, uh, 195 centimetre forward. So we'll, we'll uh, definitely get into that and uh, maybe we'll ask um, Ben Hart about how he's going to go as well today. But you're right. Hawks win this year was in Tasmania away from home, a, a venue that's not maybe as well known to opposition teams so it'll be interesting to see how both sides match up here at Norwood Oval Yeah, Benny Hart joining us at uh, one fifteen. good friend of ours, good friend of the station as well, ripping bloke, one of the best defenders uh, in his era by a mile, Yes, he could play on smalls and tools, he's a ripper um, had a look at the highlights reel of Cadman and uh, I often explain this to my cohort when uh, we do a show 
because we're going all around Australia today between three and five, Kimbo on the Roach. And the Roach will watch a highlights reel and he say, oh, he is so good, this lad. And I said, well, it's a highlights reel. They're showing the best <laughs> off. But with Cadman, oh, I thought there was a little bit of Jeremy Cameron. Yes, he's a left footer, but just the way he moves. And, uh, gee, that would be a fine career if he was half the player that Big Jezza is at the moment. You're right. Is that, as we touched on, 195 centimetre, 93 kilogram mobile forward. So if he can do that, then uh, he's going to have an incredible career. And I like that point, Kimba, around the highlights. When when you're an AFL club and new draftees and recruits come in, they show everyone's highlights package. Yep. And so if it's not the prettiest package, you think, geez, this guy, why have we picked this guy? <laughs> if, if this is his best highlight. So I imagine that Aaron Cabman's highlights would be very impressive. Uh, the other game, the Cats and the West Coast Eagles, I feel like that, with respect, has been a bit of a forgotten game. That's probably large to do, largely to do with the poor form and the world of pain the West Coast Eagles are in. It is. They've got a, a lot of players out from that side. That they've been struggling so far this year. Geelong obviously come off a massive win mm. last Monday, Easter Monday. So it's a six-day break. You never know how some older, tired legs might pull up from that. But um, West Coast, you just can't trust them at the moment and what you're going to get from them. Yeah, I think uh, I tipped them to finish bottom. Copped a bit for that over in the West as well but, uh, <laughs> with the injuries. But they were basing it on climbing the ladder on their senior players. And they've got a history of injuries. Nat Nui, Luke Shuey, and they're the players that are missing out at the moment. You're right. And Elliot Yeo's another one. He's come back yeah. into the team. But he gets through a full pre-season. We spoke with uh, Mark Duffield, and he talked about how he was airborne yep. and said he was fine. And everyone goes, all right, Elliot Yeo is in for a massive season and then unfortunately gets injured before the season mm. starts. So yep. you're right. Those guys, injury-prone, um, it's hard to trust. Yeah, and a big shout-out to Will Schofield, former West Coast Eagles, who was incensed when I said that finished bottom. He rang our show. Just a highlight. Are, yeah, he had them in the top eight. They are parochial over there in the West, yeah, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, we got two slabs on that, and they're going to be coming this way. <laughs> hey, the other game, uh, Collingwood and St Kilda. Come on, no one picked St Kilda to be four and zip. No, no, no one did. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise. They probably put this game at the back of the drawer and gather around to hide it, but it's turned out to be the blockbuster and a, a great full stop to gather around. Um, the, can St Kilda keep up with Collingwood, Dan? Look, the way they're playing, they can. Their pressure is elite. Their, their runners, their midfielders, cover the ground so well. And that's what Ross has brought this year. He wants to get the best out of those mids. And they're making it really difficult for opposition teams to be able to rebound out of their own 50. So I think they can today. I still think Collingwood will be, will be too good. Um, because, Kimba, I think when you've got so many injuries on your list, there's only so long that you can play yeah. at that high level before it starts to impact you. And I, I think we might see that today from the Saints. It's going to be a cracker. A great way to finish a gather round. Uh, magnificent game last night. Let's go through the results so far. If we go back to last Thursday, we've had six games, Bonds, so far. Adelaide Crows defeated Carlton by 56 points, 118 to 62. Uh, a great win by the Crows, and I guess made people say, okay, the showdown win uh, had some had some substance about it. It certainly did. They've been in every single game this year, the Crows, and uh, it was ultra impressive. We, we have touched on their forward line, and look, when Darcy Fogarty's kicking five, Tex Walker's kicking three, yep. Uh, how good is Dawson at the moment? Yes. He, is, oh. he has had the best three weeks probably of any player in the AFL. Brownlow calculations. Yep. I know it's early, but he would be leading or up there at the moment. Definitely. It's, it's really interesting. When I was at Sydney and I actually played a year with jo- Jordan Dawson, he was in the twos and there was a couple of guys, I remember Callum Sinclair said it and said, geez, if, if we can get this guy into this team, he could win a Brownlow one day. And really? that was the tour because you could just see the silk and the class and the time that he had almost Scott Pendlebury-like. And so it just, it just needed to click and he's come to Adelaide and it certainly clicked. So Dan, was he playing half back then? No, he was playing more half forward, which is an 
obviously a really tough role to play yep. because you have to pressure, you have to get up the ground, you might not get many touches of the footy. So because he was such a good kick at the footy, though, from an early age, they wanted him to enter the ball inside 50. So the move to half-back, and obviously he's got to play inside the centre square, which he's doing now, is showing just how good he is. They're very stubborn with that, the Adelaide Football Club, you know, and they're putting their hand up now like it was a stroke of genius. But honestly, <laughs> the football world and the Crow supporters and most people in the media were saying, get him in the middle because what was their Achilles heel? They had so many small midfielders. Get a big body mid in there, and he did a job on Patrick Cripps. It was an incredibly fast start. There, there was sort of a, had a feel and a look about it of 2017, the ball movement. Yep, yeah, definitely. It, it certainly did. They, they moved the ball so well. The other thing, too, is if, I reckon if you're an opposition coach and you keep Mackay and Kernow to fall between them for the game, yep. that's a win. You take that, and it stops Carlton from kicking a score, and Adelaide far too good. Well, that's their Achilles heel as well. As good as Mackay is and Kernow is, they've kicked 50% of their score. Yes. Whereas with Adelaide, I think they've got five players that have kicked 50% of their score. So you shut down one, and they're, they're in the fertiliser. Uh, you worried about your brother's old side, Carlton? Uh, are they going to just be up there and just miss out again? No, I think they'll be good enough this year. I think they would have learned from last year in yeah tight games and closer games and, and that's what we're starting to see. I think they'll still be good enough to play finals but they, they do need to be able to figure out in games when they get a run on against them like on Thursday yep. night how to quell that, how to stop that from happening. That was brutal. You don't see that at the start of too many games. So Adelaide sitting in seventh place at the moment. Carlton sitting in third place. Uh, the other one uh, we called this one out here on Friday night. Fremantle and the Gold Coast. Cracking game of footy. A ten point win to Frio 100 to 90. Gold Coast Suns led by 20 odd points at half time and Frio just slowly pegged them back and pegged them back. Uh, close finish. It was a good good one to call, Kimbo. Yeah, it was. Uh, we thought Gold Coast were perhaps the better side for most of the night. Stewie Jewell would be pulling his hair out. There's talk about Stewie. He's got a year to go of his contract. There's talk that Ken Hinckley could go back up that way. Now there's Damien Hardwick, what's happening at Richmond. There's talk that maybe he could end up coming over to Port Adelaide. They're all rumours and possibilities, but uh, the silly season may start early this year. Yeah, it absolutely might. And if we touch on Freo for a second, their midfield, their young midfield brigade, Caleb Sarong, 37 yeah. touches on the weekend. We know about Brayshaw, obviously. Sean Darcy, if he stays healthy and fit with Luke Jackson as that number two ruck option, they're going to be one of the better midfielders in the comp, and they'll surprise a few teams like this. And I reckon they have a really strong defence as well. Um, with yep. Young, uh, Ryan and uh, Pierce got touched up against Adelaide. but uh, Brennan Cox has come on as well. Yeah. So, South well, Australian boy. And so, um, you, it's a great point, Kimbo. It's an underrated defence. And it's probably because they are from WA. They're not in the Melbourne spotlight. Mm. But the Frio defence, and Alex Pierce probably hasn't had the greatest start to no. the year. But he is a very good defender, and we know that. So, they do stack up and hold up really well. So, if they can get on top in that midfield, set up proactively behind the ball, they're going to be a hard team to beat. I feel like I'm saying every club's your old club, but your other club's Sydney. <laughs> hey, they were depleted, though. They lost half their back line, and uh, they ended up smashing the Tigers by 44 points. It was a, gr- a great result for the Swans, and as you said, they lost a few players, and uh, Richmond lost a couple as well, but in the end, they were, they were all over Richmond all night. They just they just looked like the better team. They won 122-78, to 78, a win by 44 points. Now, tell us, were you there when the world's greatest celebrator was there? Or <laughs> uh, I was there, yes, yeah. and he was the difference. Yeah. He was the absolute difference. Richmond was in the game until Tom Papley took over. Yes. Kicked some incredible goals. 
um, just forward craft. If you're a small forward or a young forward and you want to watch some forward craft, tune in to that game from Friday night. Incredible the way the Paps plays. He's just so balanced in everything he does. Kicked six goals too. He had 25 touches. How's that for a small forward? Brilliant. And you're right. He is. Uh, he does get a bit carried away and he acknowledges that himself. But um, it's great for the team, the energy of the team. Uh, three other games have been uh, played. We'll get to those shortly. We might go to a break though and we'll hear from all the coaches as well. Kenny Hinkley had a bit to say after their victory over the Western Bulldogs. That was a cracking game in some of the toughest and most trying conditions we've seen for a long, long time in AFL football. This is the pre-game show thanks to Beaumont Tiles, Beaumont's floor tile sale. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles now. And before you dig Australia, lodge a free inquiry online. This is Kim Dillon, Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel. We're live from the Norwood Oval in preparation for the big game between the Hawks and GWS. And for tyre power, get the power. Welcome back to AFL Nation and the Norwood Oval for Elders for Australian Agriculture and Tyre Power, tyre safety experts, week in, week out. This is the pre-game show. Thanks to our good friends at Beaumont Tiles, Beaumont's floor tyre sale. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles now. And before you dig Australia, lodge a free inquiry online. Kim Dillon, Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you right through until the Hawks GWS game gets underway. I think, boys, we've got Benny Hart not too far away, GWS assistant coach. While we're waiting for Benjamin, let's take a look at the other games so far in Gather Round. And... uh, you two good gentlemen were at Mount Barker yesterday along with 7,000 fans. Was it, was it a good game up to half-time? It was a good game up to half-time, and, and we didn't expect Brisbane to kick uh, 40, had 42 scoring shots. 22-20 they kicked, <laughs> 152 to North Melbourne, uh, 77. They won by 75 points, but uh, it was an interesting game, Dan, wasn't it? It was almost like Clarko was teaching his his kids something while Brisbane were starting to get their game together. Yeah, it definitely looked like a different level of men playing against another team because, as you said, there was a lot of teaching and a lot of learning for the North defenders and, to be completely frank, they didn't get it right yesterday. They pressed too far forward. Brisbane kicked 152 points. They kicked more than 110 points on turnover, which is the highest in any game this year. It is far too much. And and what happened was North Melbourne just pressed. They turned the ball over from their back line. They pressed needlessly at times. And I, and as a result, you had Joe Danaher, you had Eric Hipwood sitting there on their own, taking uncontested marks inside 50. Kimbo, they had 33 marks inside 50. That is, average, teams record. average about 12 or 13 a game. Yep. 33 is staggering. So, I have no doubt that Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood walked away from that game going, what just happened? I didn't get a glove laid on me today. This was the easiest game of footy I've ever played. And the interesting thing, we, we talk about percentage a lot earlier. It used to be a thing going back decades ago that you only really looked at percentage when it got a little bit later in the year. But percentage is king with the competition being so tight. I mean, the competition's based on equality. We, we reward poor performances by giving uh, draft picks. So the amount of teams that miss out top four on percentage or top eight, and even with that big victory yesterday. Brisbane have only gone up to 111.7%. Someone that never conceded any percentage because he was a gun defender is Ben Hart. He's assistant coach at GWS and Benny joins us now. Benny, great to talk to you again. Yeah, fabulous guys. Thank you. It's, um, you know, what a round of footy so far and it's great to be involved back in um, South Australia. So really looking forward to the game. Yeah, now, Benny, I've still got to confess, I've got your Wizard Cup medal still. I've had it for about 20 years. Yeah, yeah I've been looking to put that up somewhere and uh, show the GWS people, so i better get it off you. Well, I must have been your carer, because I ended up with your best and fairest yellow jacket for about a year as well. 
Yeah, well, it's uh, the one place where I get to look after, so I might have to drop some more stuff off here. <laughs> yeah. How are you enjoying your time at GWS? Yeah, really enjoying it. Um, it's, it's a challenge, obviously, being in Sydney where footy's not a front of mind for a lot of people, but having a new coaching group all come together as well with some pretty pretty uh, good experience um, and different ideas has been fantastic. So, you know, we're still working off one another to find out um, our best way to go about it, but at the same time, we're pretty clear on the direction we want ahead. We're not firing on all cylinders at the moment, but uh, we can certainly see the growth. I was going to ask you about that, Benny. Now, has it came up a little bit about playing four quarters? You've been in all games this year, but have uh, have just only the one win at the moment. So how has that been addressed throughout the week? Yeah, I think it's just about playing. The system that we're trying to introduce is new to everyone, um, including some of the coaches, to be quite honest. But it's about playing our system for longer. Um, and as you say, we've been able to do it for certain quarters and Sometimes, I think even the Adelaide game, we probably did it for the second half and not the first half. And um, We've had moments and haven't been able to do it for long enough. So it's about having that system, I guess, ingrained a little bit more and we've just got to continue to teach it. And we, we feel like um, if we can get it together and, you know, we'll probably be a better team in the second half of the year, but certainly we've had our, our opportunity. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to go forward with Exciting news throughout the week with the announcement of the number one draft pick, Aaron Cabman, making his debut. So where will we see him today? Will he be more of a deep forward role or potentially getting up the ground? Yeah, I think he'll potentially be more deep as a key forward for us. Um, but the one thing about Aaron is he has that athleticism and ability to, to cover the ground really well for a guy of his size. So, yeah, don't be surprised if you see him up and, and running around trying to lose his opponent. I think we all understand he's probably not going to have the body strength um, of some of the, the key defenders in the league. So using his attributes of, of speed and agility may may help him. So um, small ground, so he might have to work pretty hard to find that. But, um, yeah, we're excited for what he can bring. I was just going to ask you about that, Ben, with Norwood being a smaller ground, and it's quite thin as well compared to most mm. AFL grounds. Has there been any specialised uh, drills that you guys have done during the week? Uh, yeah, not necessarily drills, but we certainly coned off uh, the ground a couple of times at training just to get a get a handle on what it looks like. Um, I think one of the misconceptions at Norwood, though, even though it is small, um, is you can still move the footy. You don't want to get caught in trying to, you know, just go along down the line and create a contest all the time. Um, there's still opportunities, but instead of it being on the wing, you're probably inside the centre square. So, you know, we'll look to play uh, the same way. Um, but having said that, when the contest is there to win, you can get great field position if you you can get it in your half. So, um, yeah, we've done a little bit, but we'll we'll continue to concentrate on how we want to play. Benny, you've got an elite midfield. Canelio's back in form. Josh Kelly, Tom Green, Callan Ward just keeps on keeping on. I love him. He mm. is so tough. Everyone talks that Lockie Whitfield should be in there. Where is his best position, Whitfield? Yeah, I think we're, at the moment we're trying to settle him down across half-back. Uh, I mm. think we understand that he can... He can move through the midfield when required. I think he's also played that high half-forward role um, for a number of years. So um, we love to have him and Lockie Ash also being able to provide plenty of drive off a half-back. Um, they're probably not firing on all cylinders right at the moment, but that's where he can do a lot of damage for us. So um, I think he'll stay there for the time being. But, yeah, as I say, we can be comfortable with moving if we need to. So lots of green ticks in the midfield. Where are you breaking down? Where do you need to improve? I think everywhere, to be honest. The midfield's been okay, but um, mm. our backs are holding up. But we've certainly got to look after um, ground ball in our back 50. We're getting beaten pretty soundly there the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then potentially just being able to finish our work up front. We're, um, 
we feel like we're providing enough opportunities, but we're we're not being able to finish it, whether that be the mark inside 50 or or the actual shot on goal. So, look, our whole our whole team needs to improve a little bit, um, and then we think if we can get you know more quarters of footy the way we want it to be, um, that we can improve rapidly. So, yeah, just all over the park really. So speaking of finishing on goal, Ben, whereabouts do you see Toby Green's best position? He's played majority forward this year. We've seen him go through the midfield at times. He kicked 11 goals. I believe he could win the Coleman if he stayed forward permanently. Yeah. How does that discussion go with the coaching group? Yeah, we, we probably think the same. Arthur. I think he does his best damage and most damage for us when he's deeper forward. Um, but also having a guy with his attributes to get him up the ground a little bit from time to time can add to, you, to what your team does, um, especially if teams follow him as well. He might be able to open up space in your forward line. So ideally, we'd like to leave him forward um, and be able to hit that scoreboard for us. But I think you'll see even during this game, um, you know, he'll spend little spurts, not a long time, but through the midfield just to try and get some momentum for us. So, um, yeah, but we want him to kick a lot of goals. It certainly helps us. We've known Adam Kingsley for a long time from his time here at Melbourne. He's one of the good guys of the footy world. We saw a, an angry Adam Kingsley <laughs> last week with the veins <laughs> popping out of the neck. How's he cap- yeah. coping in the big seat? Yeah, he's doing fabulous. He's doing really well. I think he's really clear on the way he wants the game to be played and um, and where he thinks the improvements for us as a team are. Um, but at the same time, he's, he's really keen to explore any value add that, as I said, the coaches with a bit of experience have. So... Um, yeah, he's been really good. Um, really quite calm. It's the first time he's sort of got a little bit animated, I guess. But um, it's all around system and how he wants us to play. So he's been really pretty cool, to be honest. But I'm sure he'd like another few wins. Are you out in the wind there, Benny? You're doing some exercise, looking after the oh, yeah, I'm just trying to get. I'm trying to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask you about, uh, before we let you go, before um, Toby Green's captaincy and how he's developing into that role. Yeah, really well. We, we see him as a great leader. I think he's he's certainly got the group behind him um, and they'll do anything for Toby when you cross the white line. And, you know, he's a motivator in, in almost follow me. This is how it should be done. Um, I think the second part of leadership is that ability to communicate across the lines and, um, you know, across the ages. And he's really buying into that. And he, he'll get the older guys on board, but he's also working hard with the young fellas. So... Um, look, he's been good, and he'll get better as the year goes on, for sure. Hey, Benny, before we let you go, any recollections for you of playing at the parade? Uh, early days, I nearly got taken out by Gary McIntosh um, as a young <laughs> we <all> redhead. Did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I remember coming off the wing, and he, he <laughs> we locked eyes for a second. He beelined, and because I was either scared or, um, <laughs> or quick, I ran out of the way as fast as I could. So, uh, yeah, it's a great ground. We love, uh, we love playing at these type of uh, venues, and you know, it's got a lot of history at, at Nord, so we're looking forward to the day. Yeah, a lot of history. It's been here since 1901. Hey, Benny, always good to chat. We wish you all the very best for today. Good on you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Benny Hart, he's an absolute uh, ripper. They have, boys, I was out here on Friday. You can tell, though, Dan, they've just moved the boundary line in a fraction and they've also padded the concrete wall. There's been some questions about that yeah. from a lot of people in South Australia and gone, how is Nord Oval going to go with that? So it's a good point that you make that they have brought it in a little bit. Uh, I know you haven't got your measure here, but does this look narrower than uh, Cadinia Park? Uh, similar. Cadinia uh, yeah. Park, there's there's not many grounds probably on the planet that are narrower Narrow, than Cadinia yeah. Park. Um, and so when you play out here, you certainly you notice it when you're out there. That's, uh, ben Hart did talk about 
people get carried away a little bit where there's not a lot of space so you don't use that ball movement and use yep. that kick mark and you still can do it. But at the same time, all of a sudden you end up on the wing and the ball's deep inside 50. So it definitely is noticeable and it's going to be interesting to see which of these two teams can adjust to that quicker today. Sitting where we are so close to the action where you can hear every bone-crunching uh, physical contest... Uh, you couldn't help but feel like it was a more contested game because of the confines of the Oval, whether that was the two sides or... Can you find space out here? Like You you, you can, but not as much through the midfield. It yeah. gets compact in there, um, and it's an interesting point you make in terms of the contest. GWS is number 18 for tackles this year, so yeah. they're going to need to be better than that today because there is going to be a lot of tight yeah. in and under contested ground balls today. Need to go to another break. Uh, another two games were played yesterday. Uh, the Bombers, well, they were my big movers. Uh, they had two clubs going up the ladder, not necessarily making the eight, but that was Adelaide and Essendon, and it's shaping that way at the moment. That that, that was a big upset, Bombs. They'll have people talking about them this week, that's for sure. The Bombers fans will be up and about. They won by 27 points, 104 to 77 over the Ds. Yeah, really impressive, the Bombers. The, the Ds came and they came again, and it shows a side that's maturing to be able to withhold and withstand that pressure from the Demons. And Zach Merritt, look, he gets tagged every week. Uh, 35 again last night. Parrish as well is starting to really make it count. But the other one is Sam Draper, South Australian oh, kid in the, the ruck. Night out. Three goals. He's very good in the ruck. He's developing nicely. We know the ruckman take a little bit longer. He's going to be a very good player for a very long time for them. Well, let's have a listen to their coach, Brad Scott. He was pretty pleased with the effort. Yeah, I'm really proud. It's exactly the words I use to the players. Um, you, know, they, you don't often get, or sorry, you don't always get reward for effort. Uh, today we did, so that was um, that was really pleasing. We've been working hard on all, all aspects of our game, and um, you know it's been it's been steadily improving. But the you know the, the non-negotiable is just the the effort and intent, and that was there in space today. Melbourne are known as having good intercept markers and obviously Stephen May. What did you make of the way Ford restricted, Ford line restricted those guys today? It's sort of hard because I think the, there are reasons. You know, Lever's a really important player for them. He wasn't there. Um, the conditions made it hard for them to do that. Um, but still, we played our part and we still managed to bring the ball to ground and look you know, pretty good um, inside our forward third. and And... Our forward halves look different pretty much every game we've played so far. So to get, um, I think it was five goals out of our ruckman um, pushing forward, you know, in combination, because Grundy's a very good player, but we're also well aware that, you know, Grundy, Gorn, Lever, Ben Brown, you know, there's there's still a lot of uh, capability that weren't in that Melbourne team today, um, but we think we're missing a few as well. Bombers coach there after their 27-point upset win at the Adelaide Oval over Melbourne yesterday. So they're sitting nicely in second place at 4-1. and one. We need to go to a break, boys. When we come back, we'll have a look at the Port Adelaide Western Bulldogs game. We'll be flying around the grounds, thanks to Chemist Warehouse as well. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Of course, we're here at the parade, as it's referred to in South Australia, because the Nord Oval is on the parade. It's a beautiful boutique oval and uh, I'm not sure damn what it holds here now. 
No, it'd be interesting to see if we can get that 10 or 12, 12 yeah. um, sort of number. 10, yeah. And, uh, and look, it was packed on Friday, yeah. the Gold Coast Freo. And it was, great. it was great to view it on TV as well to see how good it actually looked. The backdrop, beautiful. Why wouldn't you come down to the parade? We'll get a few touches where we're sitting here. There's no question of that. The other two games, Cats taking on the West Coast Eagles and Collingwood and St Kilda. We'll preview those games a little later. Um, our travel partner is Bargain Car Rentals, the best price guaranteed. No hidden fees in Australian owned. That is a bargain. This is the pregame show, thanks to Beaumont Tiles. And for tyre power, get the power. Welcome back to AFL Nation for Elders for Australian Agriculture and Tyre Power. Tyre safety expert week in, week out. This is the pregame show thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Beaumont's floor tile sale. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles now. And before you dig, Australia Lodge a free inquiry online. Kim Dillon with you along with Paul Bonzer, the voice of the Sample footy over here in South Australia and former... Geelong, Sydney, Woodville West Torrens, Central District Day, still playing at Woodville West Torrens. He's just been injured a lot lately. Dan <laughs> Menzel, he's an absolute beauty, the man with the bionic legs. Hey, boys, a massive game last night in atrocious conditions at Adelaide Oval. Haven't seen rain like that for a long time. Both sides stuck fat. Both sides, it was a game of ebbs and flows and... Uh, I was doing the game with uh, Kane Corns and he thought that Western Bulldogs were in a strong position. Then all of a sudden, Port would be back in front and it really got down to the last five or ten minutes. Yeah, it did. And it was an interesting interesting win for the power. They probably just adapted to the conditions a little bit better. They surged the footy uh, forward more. The Bulldogs had 50 more handballs in the game. And in a game like last night, Kimbo, as you said, in those torrential conditions, you just can't overuse it. And as a result, Port's pressure was a bit better. They were able to lay more tackles on the dogs and just run over them in the, t- in the end. To kick four goals in the last quarter in those conditions yep. is super impressive. And what... I found interesting. I reckon it was the last seven, eight minutes. Uh, the Bont was at centre-half forward when he was the clearance king. Uh, he dominated early along with Cody Waitman and McRae. McRae fell out of the game in, in the last quarter. And then Jason Horn francis had only had a handful of touches until the last quarter, and he just went bang. He unleashed the beast. Well, you saw Ken Hinckley uh, rev him up at three-quarter time in pouring rain. The vision's fantastic with Hinckley in his face pointing the finger and just wanting more from the kid. And the kid knew that he had to give more, and he just sort of gave Ken a, a hug before they broke away. It's great yeah, no, vision. that was actually post-match. Post-match, was it? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, but, but he they... did. Uh, we spoke to Xavier Dersma, and we said, what happened to Jason Horn francis yeah. just to do what he did? And Kenny, you're right, had a chat to him at three-quarter time, and the young fella responded. Uh, let's have a listen to Ken Hinckley on outlasting the dogs last night. Both teams were having a real good crack out. It was pretty tough conditions, as everyone was witnessed out there, not with that amount of rain coming down late or early in the night, and made that a really strong game. You know, and, and our boys and, and, and the dogs were at it all night, and they were going pretty hard. And, um, you know, we both had turns at different moments. Luckily enough for us, at the end of the game, we were really strong and really tough around the footy that, that swung the game back our way. Where, where did you feel you had to make an adjustment because of that? Oh, no, there, well, we just had to stay in the contest for, for long parts of the night and you're never going to do it easy and, you know, a couple of moments were going to be big and balls were marked by some people at courageous times and finished their work and it was pretty important. So what changed? Kenny Hinckley there last night. Uh, he'd be in a better frame of mind than he was three weeks ago, Dan. 
Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, they've strung together some nice wins, and we'll have a look at their draw moving forward shortly. They, they are in a really good position yeah. here to catapult forward. Really like Horn Francis late, but also Zach Butters. Butters is so important to them for mine. When he's around the ball, he can run and carry. He's crafty, he's smart. He's like, yeah, kind of Rosé. He's had 32 touches last night. He had 27 the week before. They've started to get him back around the ball a bit more. 18 and 15 in their losses. So it just shows how important he is to that side in, in terms of carrying the ball and getting it with momentum as well. And, look, it's a, it's a big win with the next four they've got coming up. Yeah, we'll go through that draw very shortly. There's been a lot said, and you don't know whether you should be giving him their time or, or not. We know that Warren Treadray is selling a, a podcast. And I'm not sure what it's called. And he's entitled to his, an opinion, his opinion, but as a former captain of the club, well, acting captain, Matt Primus was captain, uh, it was a bizarre thing to say at round three that the coach's position is untenable. Does he have egg on his face or is he a human omelette now? Oh, it's a bit of clickbait, isn't it? Oh, I try, don't just think so. You're just know. trying to make a comment to to generate some... Like he, he, might, credibility he might believe... Like that. I think he, well, he nah. had to believe it and he, he doesn't have a great relationship with Ken or Koshy. Yeah, or, or the club at the minute, I wouldn't have mm. thought. But I, I guess he's, he's just coming out and making a statement... Look, I think anyone to sack their coach after three games of footy is, is a yeah. bad idea. Yeah, like, Bob, no you are the world's nicest bloke. A bloke can get three kicks and go at 33% efficiency, <laughs> and you'd say something positive about him. Dan, was it a stupid thing to say? I think he had a foot in both camps, to be honest. I think he it was a little bit stupid. At round three, it is far too early. Yep. You don't need to put that pressure on at round three. If we had it got to round five, six, seven, yeah. absolutely warranted. Um, however, at round three... It is a bit of clickbait. It is unjust pressure, and it's it's not warranted, as we touched on. And uh, look, it has blown up a little bit for him because they've come out and beat two good sides. Mm. Sydney is hard to beat in yes. Sydney, and the Bulldogs play well against the power at home as well. So it has put them in a really nice position. Yeah, now. that won four of their last six at the Adelaide Over. You talked about their draw. Their next uh, four weeks looks really winnable. They could, Dan. They could be seven and two at round nine. They really could because they take on West Coast at home. Now we don't know what we're going to get from West Coast. You, They'll be heavy oh, favourites in yeah, that. Yeah. Um, they take on St Kilda and Marvel. Now, the injury list for St Kilda is still bad. So, mm. they're every chance going as favourites. Then, from there, it's Essendon at home and the Kangaroos away. Now, they should start favourites in all four games. Yep. And you'd pick them on form at the moment. Maybe the Bombers will be the one that, if they're still flying, you never know. But you're right, Kimbo. They could easily be in a position where, come the end of round nine, they are in the top two or three teams in the competition. Yep. And you can't sack your coach if that's the case. No. Uh, we know they need another tall defender, whether one of these young fellas they call, talk about Ollie Lord, whether he can step up as a defender or as a forward. And uh, maybe the likes of a Josh Sin, who was an early draft pick that's had a lot of injuries, but now getting a few bit of game time under his belt in the Sandful. Yeah, there's also a kid called Pacini um, yep. who plays down back. He's put some body size on this year. You can you can definitely see it from the previous year. And he takes the big defenders. Whether he's tall enough, he's probably just a little short. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. look, it is an interesting one. It is a problem they've had for a long time. They've yep. brought Alia Alia in to try and fix that, and they yep. still need another one. Pacini, he's coming back off an ACL. He got quite a few kicked on him last week in the Sandful. Williams, they've tried. Lord, you've said they are lacking in that area. That's the, the concern for mine is that key position. Your old teammate, uh, Alia Alia, 
if he wasn't playing, they'd be one and four. One hundred percent. And what he does to the team, his closing speed, the things that he does for his other defenders, it does go underrated. I'm, I was surprised Sydney let him go at the time. Mm. Uh, he had just that one down year, but the year before, he was incredible for Sydney, and it's it's been a massive get. They've been able to fill that position quite nicely with the McCartan brothers. But yeah, he is a super valuable player for the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Alera there. We need to go to another break, boys. When we come back, we're going to hear from Ken Hinckley again about Jason Horn Francis, and we'll get Kane Corn's comments on Hinckley's comments regarding uh, Jason Horn Francis, the Horn Dog, or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> well, they refer to him as Horny. Uh, that's what. Um, <laughs> Xavier Dersmer was doing, and that's fair enough. Uh, you know how Beaumont tiles are the biggest and have Australia's biggest range of floor tiles? Well, they've got a huge 20% off floor tiles right now. We're talking awesome quality tiles like Terrazzo, Timber Look, Marble Look, the lot. You need to throw your Renault dreams away. That big Renault just became affordable. And aren't we all on a budget right now? Ain't that the truth? Did you know they were voted Australia's number one tile specialist? Did you know that, Bob? I did know that. Did you? Did you know that, Dan? I certainly didn't. He's by the <laughs> I, was, I was going to say you're over everything. Well, they are. They're, oh, I can never say this. They're number one, uh, numero uno. You'll be happy. You choose Beaumont. Okay, this is the pregame show. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Get the power. Yes, welcome back to the Norwood Oval. We are live from South Australia, 1.20 South Australian time as we go around the nation. AFL Nation for Elders, for Australian agriculture and Thai power, Thai safety experts week in, week out. Kim Dillon, Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel as we fly around the grounds thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Yeah, look, the Cats are 6 goals, 3.39 to 2 goals, 3.15 against the West Coast Eagles. Two minutes in the second quarter, the Eagles kicked the first two goals of the game. The Cats have piled on the next six, and Tom Hawkins has three early in the game. And they'll be looking for a little bit of percentage. Are you concerned about another one of your old clubs again? You're concerned about the Cats, uh, one and three, or just a little bit of a, they say, premiership hangover, but you have the latest start to your pre-season. You do, and it is really challenging. Look, there is slight concern there. They'll win enough games at home at GMHBA to be able to make finals but the challenge then will be can they get into that top four it's hard when you start this way and there is some older players there. It's gonna, they're going to slow down a little bit, and they've looked a little bit slow this so year. So that's the knock, like Mitch Duncan, Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, Danger's an interesting one. Cam He's starting to build into it. Cam yeah. Guthrie's one who's definitely been slow to start the year. Yeah, now, been. they do pace themselves pretty well. So I think if they can, they get a pretty favourable run for the next few weeks. They can win enough games at home. They'll definitely make the eight. It's whether they can get into the top four, which is the important. The cliff can sneak up on you sometimes in football. Uh, the Tomahawk. How do you think he's going? We know he had an injury early. Well, that's, that's the thing. He's kicked three early, but he, he was struggling um, because he had no pre-season. So if he can get back to that form, we know how good Jeremy Cameron's playing at the moment. Oh, With Tyson Stengel up there, on. they can still be the best forward line in the league. Hey, we've got a presentation happening in front of us, boys. You may have had this, Dan. It didn't happen back in my day. Bonds, take us through this. It's only about uh, 15 metres from us. Yes, uh, Seamus Mitchell is about to be presented his Hawthorne jumper by Poppy, who has played a bit of fo- uh, footy here here at Norwood and won a couple of premierships with the Hawks. Well, he played as a uh, small defender for Norwood, didn't he? And then uh, ended up yes. being a, uh, a pressure forward. So then just a few words here. The whole group standing around in front of us and uh, Poppy's saying a few words and about to present the number 40 jumper to 
S. Mitchell, coached by S. Mitchell. It's, yeah. oh, it's incredible. It's an incredible experience. The clubs do it so well nowadays. Mm. And to get in past players that have had such an impact at the footy club as well, it's a, it's a beautiful touch and it'll be a moment that he'll never forget. Yeah, and you can see every player and every staff member uh, formed an arc around him while Poppy's still talking at the moment. And a lot of people coming up and taking photos. And, and they are so attentive and invested in this at the moment. And it's all being filmed and you can hear the round of applause. As I said, it's only 10 metres away from us. And, uh, look, we wish him all the best. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about him. Uh, he hails from the Bendigo under 18, so he's uh, 20 years of age, 181 centimetres, 80 kgs. Uh, everyone looks tall alongside a poppy. Yeah, we expect him to play in the in the forward line today. He's going yep. to be a medium-type forward, which is probably also why Poppy's... Another reason why Poppy would present to. He's going to play a similar sort of position. So hopefully he can get on the end of a few today and kick his first goal in footy in his first game and, of AFL footy. And, Dan, I reckon that's his family just on the left here, only about five metres away from us taking photos with all the Hawk jumpers on. So uh, a beautiful moment. And that's the beauty of bringing AFL footy to the suburbs. Uh, you have access. You are so close to the game here at the Nord Oval. It's a really, really unique ground. It is right. it's one of a highlight, isn't it? And you said 10 metres, and we are literally just 10 metres away from that presentation. We are that close well, sitting here. Was lying, the, the front you? <laughs> you think I made it up? You don't like him, but I know that. <laughs> It's a good point in terms of bringing in. Players love playing in these games. I can tell you right now, you don't do it very often when you're at AFL level. You play on the big grounds and you love doing that. But when you have an occasion where you go to a ground you've never been to and it's that country feel, it brings back the memories of when you were a kid, when you go out and watch your mates play country footy and you're like, this is so cool to be able to do and the players will love this experience. Yeah, today. I reckon they should have let a few cars just park on the terraces <laughs> out there. Hey, uh, I'm just sitting here as I was looking at you down over your shoulder. <laughs> you're sitting in front of me here. Uh, look at the boundary line which they've uh, taken in a little bit because of the brick wall here in the grandstand but look how close that boundary line is to the centre square there's not a lot of dancing room there is there no it's not a great position to play on the wing here and yeah. uh, you don't get a lot of free footy funnily enough though Kimbo in saying that Sturp took on Norwood here in the sample last week and their wingman kicked five goals so if you can get into smart positions you can actually get on the end of it but there won't be a lot of uncontested footy on the wings here today we want to talk about a number of the other games that are taking place and that are coming up today. We'll keep you across the, the game that's underway between the Cats and the Eagles, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, 51 to 15 at the moment. Cats will win that one and they'll win it by plenty. Let's go back to last night's game and Ken Hinckley. Interesting scenes um, in regards to post-game with Ken talking to Jason Horn francis He spoke to him at three-quarter time and this young gun really responded. And this was Ken Hinckley. He's a little bit fired up at the treatment that Jason Horn francis is getting at the moment because he's getting booed by the crowd. Uh, here's Ken Hinckley on Jason Horn Francis. Culture and for tyre power. Get the power. Really unfair. The kid made a courageous decision to come home. Let the kid play footy. It's 90. Is that the booing you're talking about tonight? I'm talking about lots of things. I'm talking about people who write stories every week, talk stories every week, and I'm talking about the treatment that they gave him at times tonight without making a big deal. The kid's trying. He's giving his best. It's 19. Stop treating him like he's 28 and treat the kid with some respect. And I, and I tell you what, some people who put pressure on kids in this game need to have a good hard look at themselves. Ken Hankley there, very strong words. You like a coach that backs his players. It is weird, Dan, that he's, he's getting jeered and booed. What, what has he really done? He left Victoria. Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one. He's, he's 19 years of age. He's a young kid. Yes, he's a number one draft pick, but 
almost compare it to Jamara Hagen. If he was a key position player, you'd have a lot of people saying, hey, he needs a few years. Give him time before he can develop into the player that we expect him to be. He's an inside mid. He's going to have games where he's going to have inconsistency in games. And I think he's copping a bit of flack about that. Yes, there's going to be people out there that are not going to love the decision about him coming home. But I, but I get that if you're a North Melbourne supporter. Yes. You left their club. This is the Western Bulldogs. And it's happening against clubs he has no affiliation to. Correct. And that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, we are a little bit backwards here in Australia and society at times. If we were in America, this would be every second player does this anyway. And so yep. it's just normal that players move. It's, it's part of the game. And so... If you're a team that's not involved with the Kangaroos or a fan that's not involved with the Kangaroos or the Power, there's no reason to boo Jason Horn francis What concerns me now when you come out and you defend someone like that, it just antagonises people and they start to do it more. It, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way society do you is. Think, yeah, I know, I do you think they're going to sit back and say, oh, Ken's told us off, oh, No, they're going to stop. They're going to do it more. It's, it's similar to when... Port Adelaide come out, Koshy came out at the start of the year, said, we're not going to talk about Ken's yeah. contract, <laughs> which only just inflamed things and made people talk about it more. Yeah, I, th- I think the point with that, though, is your common fan, everyone's got an opinion, you're not going to be able to change that. Mm. So don't worry about that. It is more people in the media, people like us, people in the footy, in the AFL, who actually can have a say. Yep. That's where I reckon Ken's talking to a little bit more and going, yep. all right, take the pressure off him. He's a young kid. Yeah, the story's being written. Correct. Um, and so give him time, allow him to develop, allow him to get that consistency. We've seen what his very best is. It's not going to come every week. He's a young kid. It's going to take time. I'll tell you, and it gets down to the individual as well. Like, uh, it's a compliment in a lot of ways. If it was happening to me, I'd bloody love it, Bonds, eh? Just Correct. keep talking. Correct. Uh, let's get Kane Corn's idea or thoughts on Ken Hinckley's comments. And that's when Ken Hinckley is at his best, yeah. to go in to bat for a player who has come across under more pressure than any 19-year-old mm. that I can certainly remember. Dual hamstring surgery yeah. in the off-season, didn't do a pre-season, is the third-rated highest-rated player at Port Adelaide so far this year, mm. and stood up when the game was in the balance with 11 touches, five inside 50s, mm. and a couple of crucial moments. So yeah. he can be a special player. There's going to be some fluctuations and yeah. some inconsistencies but I loved that from Ken Inkley. Yeah, and Ken uh, Kane loves Jason Horn Francis. I was say, do you think he's got a favourite? <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing his number 18. Zachy Butters gave it away to wear Robbie Gray's number 9. All right, let's hear from the young man himself, Jason Horn Francis, post game about being home again. Yeah, no, it's been good. I've loved being home, loved every second of it. Um, you know, uh, the Port Adelaide footy have been great for me and, and helping me, supporting me. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll forever grateful for them and um, for my family just supporting me 24-7. Uh, it's been awesome, so, yeah. Uh, we just heard your stats that last time. I think 11 possessions, 7 contested, 5 inside 50s, 4 clearances. What did the coach say to you at three-quarter time? Yeah, obviously things things went, went gone, um, you know, my way personally, but, you know, the team was playing well and um, Kenny just told me to keep, keep, keep sticking out what I want to do and, um, you know, that's, that's hunting the footy and, um, you know, it took a lot of persistence um, and, yeah, obviously thanks to Kenny Heaps and the boys were really, um, you know, getting me through and kept, kept my mind on what I needed to do. So, yeah, I'm grateful for them, yeah. Being truer, Dan, in modern footy, it mightn't be your game, but you can still have your moment. Absolutely, and you're never out of the game, and especially mm. when the game's tight. If you stay to your role, it might take until that last quarter for the dam to break, and it certainly did last night for Jason Horn francis and he'll learn a lot from that as well. And Todd Marshall's another one that uh, can be unsighted, and then he went bang, bang in the last quarter. Two goals that got them well and truly right back in it. All righty, we'll take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the Adelaide Crows and whether they're the real deal or not, or is it too early? 
to go off. A lot of people are, given that we're only round five, but they're playing an exciting brand of football. This is the pre-game show, thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Beaumont Floor Tile Sale. Choose Beaumonts for 20% off floor tiles now. And before you dig Australia, lodge a free inquiry online. in week out. Kim Dillon with you along with Paul Bonzer, the voice of Sandful here for SEN in South Australia and Dan Menzel, former star for the Cats and for the Sydney Swans. Hey Dan, I'll get you to take a, a bit of a look, a forensic look at Adelaide, how they're travelling at the moment. They're sitting in seventh place started with two losses, should have beaten GWS, too stubborn to make a, a switch in the midfield in the second half Yep. and uh, I think they know they lost an opportunity there but gee they've bounced back. They've been incredibly impressive. Probably as impressive as any team in the competition. Now, they have played their last four games at the Adelaide Oval at home, which has helped. But what they've done is they've won the last three games and they've won it comprehensively. They knocked off Carlton by 50 points we saw on Thursday night. They knocked off Frio the week before very easily and touched up Port Adelaide. The thing that is probably the most surprising for mine, Kimbo, is we've talked about Adelaide's forward line and can be as damaging as any team in the competition. If you can get the ball in there, they can kick a score. Well, how's this? They've lost the clearance battle in all five games so far this season, which means that they're not actually getting first use in there and they're still finding ways to kick a score and to be able to put on more than 100 points a game, which they've done the last three games. So I've taken a look forward. They take on the Hawks, then they take on Collingwood and Geelong. Look, the Hawks, they'll beat the Hawks. Collingwood, Geelong will be tough games. But those three teams have not been very good in the clearance battle so far this year. They haven't been dominant in the ruck as well, which means that I think they're actually going to be every chance to win the clearance battle and still kick a really good score. I think that the Crows, if they can work it out inside the centre square, and we've touched on Jordan Dawson has to be in there, then they will be able to get first use and they can win these games and certainly they can make the top eight this season. Isaac Rankin, he's on the big dollars. Uh, Brenton Phillips, who played with Essendon and the Brisbane Bears and North Adelaide here in South Australia, who looks after the junior program here for all the young talents. Yeah, Stixy said that uh, he was the most talented junior that he had ever seen. That was before he was drafted. Is he as good or better than you thought? Or what are your views on the way he's tracking? He is better than I thought. Uh, I don't know if we need to rehash the showdown medal and uh, when he should have won that. (laughs) medal, but the thing is, if you watch Isaac Rankin play in that game, and everyone who watched the show down here in South Australia, you realise that he does things in games that are worth much more than possessions. On the boundary, he takes the ball, he gets out of a contest, finds a teammate, he's so crafty that they make such a difference to the game, and he's such a handful for the opposition to stop, but at the same time, he does things in games, goal assist and score involvements that there's only a handful of players that can do in the competition, and he is certainly worth that money. Quick comment on Josh Rochelle and Nick Murray. Yeah, look, Rochelle evolving beautifully. He's only a couple of years into his AFL career, and he's another one that's crafty around goal that you know if you give him a bit of time, you just try and stop Isaac Rankin, he'll pop up. He'll be a very good player. And Murray's developing nicely. Mm. It was a concern at the start of the year how they're going to stop key forwards from opposition teams kicking scores. But again, to keep... Kerno and Mackay to two goals each. It shows that it's starting to work for them down back. Well, people are starting to talk about the Adelaide Crows. The sleeping giant is has awoken uh, on crunch time with Jared Waitley and the team, which includes Mark Bickley and Dermot Brereton. This is their chat and thoughts about the Crows' win over Carlton. Does that favourites gather round and uh, we're just getting ready for the big clash between Hawthorne and GWS. And I tell you what, the stadium, this little boutique stadium, is filling up, boys. Filling up very quickly, Kimbo. Uh, the, you can see it. Uh, well, 
it, it, I can see it everywhere. The brown and gold is all it's, splattered across the stadium. It's mainly Hawks fans. It's here, mainly Hawks yeah. fans. We've got a little yeah. pocket of the GWS cheer squad down um, at the yes. southern end, but yes. uh, mainly it looks like the. The Hawks fans have come out in good numbers here. Yeah, Jesse Hagen just strutting along in the middle of the ground there. He could nearly kick one from about 65 out. And you were moving very nicely, Dan, to Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> you know? I did enjoy that, actually. <laughs> one thing we can say, uh, Kimbo, is the PA is working. Oh, I tell you what, we were here Friday night. They had a fair headache by the end of the game. <laughs> it's loud, but it's a great atmosphere. Hey, let's fly around the grounds thanks to Chemist Warehouse. The Cats have kicked away at halftime here. Uh, it is 14 goals, 5, 89 to 3 goals, 7, 25. Jeremy Cameron Bonds, four goals in that second quarter to extend his lead at the, on the Coleman medal. Yeah, absolutely flying. I can't see uh, that that gap's just going to get bigger and bigger by the end of the game. They'll win by at least 15, you would think, which will be a bit ugly for the West Coast. I was just saying, boys, uh, during the break that uh, on our show earlier in the week, I did some quick math, which I wasn't very good at at school because I used to read Graham magazines. Um, I digress. <laughs> we just said if there's 60,000 people coming here for Gather Round and they all were to spend $1,500 each, which I reckon that understates what you'd spend, that's uh, $90 million. Front page of the paper, they're saying, what is it? 85 mil, it said this morning, invested in to South Australia. So it's been a big success, and you Huge. would think it would only grow from here. Uh, the State Premier, Peter Malinowski, he's up and about uh, regarding Gather Round, and this is what he says it's done for our state. Premier, wonderful to have you here. Congratulations. We'll get to your footy and stuff in a moment. We often speak on this show that we like bums on seats. And for me, you are a bums on seats politician. You bring a bit of pizzazz and your state has as well. Congratulations on what has been an unbelievable couple of days for us all visiting your state. Yeah, thanks, Howie. We're, if you don't mind me saying, I'm bloody wrapped. Um, I was up at Mount Barker earlier today. Again, another sellout. Everyone showed up, as it turned out. Hopefully the same happens this afternoon and this evening despite the rain, but there is a buzz about this joint at the moment and we're pretty proud of it. Has it exceeded your expectations? Uh, massively. Yeah. And even in the stuff that we can measure, so number of people coming over on a plane we can measure, overnight accommodation stays we can measure. We got that data this morning and it's shot the lights out. It's shot the lights out. So we, we couldn't be happier and we think it's something we can grow into the future if we get the chance to do it. What about your popularity? Uh, Has that gone through the roof? No, to be honest, it's... it's People talk about um, the AFL, they talk about state government, we've done a lot, but the people who have made this work isn't me or Gil or anyone else, and there's been a team of people that have done a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's, it's people loving their footy. And the great thing about our game is it's something for everyone, and the corporates, they've all flown in, but really it's the people of the state and people who have driven across the border who have made this work. You've sold a beautiful message, that's it for politics, we now need to talk football <laughs> and your... Yeah, he's Port Adelaide. We can tell Australia that. And he's loud and proud <laughs> about it. Uh, forgetting whether you're Labor or Liberal, I thought the previous government sat on their hands. We could have had a grand final here easily when we went through the COVID situation. It never happened. He's making things work, and we're just loving it here in oh, South Australia. The, the question was asked, has your popularity gone through the roof? I've got mates that had no idea who Peter Malinowskis was before this weekend and now they think he's a messiah. So he is, uh, this has been a massive win for the state of South Australia but also for himself in charge of this state. Well, talking of the messiah, that's possibly, well, Malcolm Blight, we believe, but yes. if not, it's Gil McLaughlin because he's in charge of everything still. Uh, this is Gil talking about whether it could stay in Adelaide. I think if I'm direct, uh, we, we anticipated moving it next year if it worked. 
But I, I sort of I hear you, and I think that's what we're discussing. Is Adelaide just feels the right spot. It's, it's one of the things that I guess we hadn't kind of. We, we knew about the city and the and the, and the Adelaide Oval and the, and the suburban venues and the accessibility. The fact that it's in the middle of Australia and people can drive from Melbourne, it's, you can get here from Perth pretty easily. There's so many West Australians here, and there are people from everywhere. That's that's an asset as well. And I think I think there's a pretty strong case to, to support what you're saying that probably it's got its roots down here and needs to needs to be here for a while. Right, don't be parochial bonds or be whatever you want. Uh, what's the perfect scenario? Well, I, th- I think it des- definitely has to come back next year to Adelaide. Jared Waitley said yesterday um, on Crunch Time also that there's probably 100,000 Victorians that have FOMO. They should, they're sitting there going, we should have went, we should have went, should have been part of it all. So that in itself to me says, well, let's do it again here. There's probably some tweaks they could make to, uh, you know, it looks pretty good from the outside, but behind the scenes there's probably a few little twists and turns they should make to make it even better. But, uh, look, I think it just has to be in Adelaide again next year. It's an interesting point you made about the geographical location. Yes. It means that people from Perth can make their way over, albeit probably by flying. But Victoria can drive across. You can even drive in Sydney. Whereas you move it to Perth, it makes it really hard to get over there for everyone in this country. And it's the same if it goes up to Brisbane or Sydney. And the other point I would make with that is I'm not sure we get a sellout if we take it to Sydney or Brisbane or yep. every game, which we have got here in Adelaide this weekend. We were talking about it last week and over in earlier weeks I would feel a little bit of a hypocrite if I said it should be here permanently because we win at the AFL Grand Final it's a national competition is in the MCG to 2057 so I think it's a bit hypocritical or rich if we wanted to do something similar um, I think a good time span is three to five years then let Sydney have a go let Brisbane have a go let Tasmania have a go once they're into the competition but definitely it seems silly to move it on anything you do the first year, you find out what you can do better the next Correct. year. Yeah. And because it's been such a resounding success, you don't want to lock yourself in for too long a time. Yeah. They lock themselves in for five years, and this goes gangbusters again next year. They want other states to be bidding on this. They know that it's going to be oh, worth yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. So if I'm Gil, I'm going two years, maybe three years, and then you know what? It's up for grabs. Who wants it? We've seen the success. Let's let's bring in all the money with it and everything that comes with it. Whoever replaces Gil will have bugger all to do for the next few years. <laughs> He's organised everything. This is the pre-game show. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Beaumont's floor tile sale. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles now. And before you dig Australia, lodge a free inquiry online. Yeah. Welcome back to the Nord Oval. We are here thanks to uh, Elders for Australian Agriculture and Tyre Power. Tyre safety experts week in, week out. Kim Dillon, Paul Bonza and Dan Menzel with you. And we'll have all the action from the game between GWS and Hawthorne as both sides come out for their pre-game warm-up. This is the pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. Beaumont's floor tile sale. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles. Their sale is on now. And before you dig Australia, lodge a free inquiry online. Caught napping there, just having a chat to a few people. Sean Burgoyne going past there for a while. Hey, we're just having a chat as well about really what's caught our eye over the gather weekend. And uh, what's attracted your attention, Dan? Because there's been some big performances team-wise and and individuals. Yeah, look, we've broken down the team performances and there's been some huge ones. But in terms of individually, a couple of players to note. Jordan Dawson's game on Thursday night was absolutely outstanding. 
We saw, Bonds and I saw uh, Lockie Neal have 37 disposals yesterday in Mount yep. Barker. It was incredible. But the one for mine, he's had 25 touches and kicked six goals too. It is Tom Papley on Friday night against the Richmond Tigers. He was a difference in the game. That is by far the best game I've seen from the small forward in a fair fair time. And he creates so much energy when he when he scores, not just for the team, but for the crowd, the atmosphere he generates. Uh, what, what type of lad is he? He's a very up and about. <laughs> exactly what you see on the field is what you get with Tom Papley. Um, plenty of energy. A great One of those great characters to be around the change room. And uh, he was a great story when he was drafted, wasn't he? Almost the last draft selection and he was going to be a plumber. Yeah, it was that size that was obviously going against him and um, almost written off by a few, but he just showed that, yeah, apply yourself. Um, everyone develops at different rates and different ages and he's certainly come on to be an incredible product out of Sydney and they did a good job to hold on to him too because he yep. was close to going to Carlton only a couple of years ago. Yeah, he'd be very handy at Carlton. This is what his coach Tom Longmire had to say about his performance. Johnny Longmire, if we can play that, Nicky boy. It's a bit quiet, So John. at halftime, yeah, we spoke about taking a few more risks and trying to use the open side a little bit more, and I thought that got our energy going, and, um, you know, I thought Sean um, got on top in the ruck. Um, yeah, young fella playing his second game off a six-day break, probably got a little bit tired, and Sean got on top there, and that probably allowed our mids to get really proactive, and I thought our mids um, <clears throat> got to work and got us a bit of field position, and then game started flowing and um, our forward line looked a lot more functional they started winning contests um, you know, Sonny was probably dangerous all night but I think our other forwards got, got involved and started looking really dangerous Not the first person to make that mistake yes. back in the studio, <laughs> uh, that was uh, Justin Longmuir, not Johnny Longmire <laughs> um, Look, we'll get to that shortly hey, You talk about the best performance, it may still be yet to come We'll fly around the grounds thanks to Chemist Warehouse. There's a bit happening between Geelong and the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, look, the, the Cats just far too good at the moment. 64-point lead at halftime, 89 to 25. Yep. This is going to be a major blowout, 100-plus. And uh, Jeremy Cameron has how many? He's kicked four, and he probably end up with eight to ten and just extend his lead in the Coleman medal. All righty. Well, the game we're covering today is between the Hawks and GWS. We're about to be joined by their assistant coach. He's got the cans on right now. Uh, and we appreciate how busy you are. Adrian Hickmont joins us now. Adrian, we know there's a bit happening so close to the game. Uh, welcome to Gather Round. Welcome to the Nord Oval. What do you think of the concept and what do you think of the ground? I love it. Yeah, I love the concept. Gather Round's beautiful, brings people out and they're getting good crowds and it's a great atmosphere all through Adelaide. And um, when I come here today, you can see it and feel it right now. So it's now, been excellent. Do you know that Dan Dan Menzel uh, played at Cadinia Park, a very narrow ground. You're familiar with that ground as well. Uh, do you have the dimensions for this? Is this smaller or not? Uh, smaller than, yeah, it's a small ground, smaller width in width-wise, width yeah, yeah, in width-wise. So uh, we take that into consideration, um, the way we want to move the ball and the way we don't want to defend. Yeah. Um, but overall, both teams are playing out there and um, there's goals at both ends. So it should be exciting football um, in close game, you expect, because of the width of the ground. Yeah, well, we did uh, Friday night's game and you talk about close games. It was a very physical game because you don't find the space. So do you change your game style at all to suit these conditions? No, we don't change it. We'll adapt. Um, we'll yep. adapt when needed, but it's like I said, the physical side of the game, the, the, the tough side of the game should be on show from both teams, and you'd hope so. Um, 
um, when the ground's yeah, when the ground's tight like that. We don't we haven't talked about the ground much. We've more talked about the physicality and yep. what's going to come. Now, Adrian, you're number three in marks this year as a team and looking to build up that ball movement. We have touched on the width of the ground. Is that still obviously going to be a focus today on a more confined, congested ground? Uh, yeah, well, it will hold teams that do want to mark the ball, um, uncontested marks. So, like I said, we'll adapt to uh, the way um, GWS come out and the way our ball movement is. But for now, we'll just play our way and see how it goes. Now, I've got to ask you, has the third quarter's been addressed? No doubt it would be with the coaching staff, but with the playing group, the, last, the first four rounds of the year have been outscored heavily after half time, and, what, and what's been addressed there? Yeah, not specifically with the players. The coaching group has spoken about it. Um, looking at different ideas during halftime, um, mentality of our players, um, making sure they get ready to go after halftime, um, being the moment, uh, the present moment, so thinking about what's next and playing their role. So hopefully, um, you know, we can make gains in that area. You've been involved in a few programs. Uh, what's it like being part of a rebuild? Yeah, it's um, exciting. Challenging? It's exciting. exciting. Well, it's definitely my first word would be exciting yeah. um, and challenging, <laughs> but no, very exciting. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. And with players, um, individual performances the same. So uh, it's more exciting than, than a challenge. Uh, you, know, you, you train during the week, and uh, when you see the way they train with the enthusiasm, the intensity of the group, it does, like I'm 51, it makes you yep. young and excited. So that flow-on effect, um, you know, even with the older players, Frost and Bruce and those guys, they feel themselves uh, being drawn into that youth too. So, yeah, Bruce is yeah. up and about at the moment. He hey, is, we saw a uh, wonderful presentation with Seamus Mitchell, Paul Piuopolo, who played for Norwood here and, of course, was a great player for the Hawks. Take us through that and what can we expect and... Tell us a little bit that we don't know about Seamus Mitchell. Yeah, Seamus Mitchell's worked hard at his football, you know, um, all through last year. He's up and down in the VFL. Um, yeah, Paul Piopolo um, uh, introduced his jumper to him. He's so excited, <laughs> young yeah. man. We expect some, you know, dash off half-back. Um, some really good finesse with the football and a tough attitude. He's a good, yeah. tough young man um, mentally, the way he goes about his football and uh, physically. So he's excited to play and we, we look forward to playing. What's he done to earn the opportunity? A consistent footy in the VFL. Yeah. So went back and played really good, consistent footy in the VFL. Um, Scrimshaw's got a sore foot at the moment, so that opens up a spot for young Seamus. Yep. Adrian, I want to ask you a little bit about Connor Nash. He's had a few roles at Hawthorne. He's played back, he's played forward. And now running through the midfield, how have you seen his form this year? So yeah, far? well, I didn't take a seat, did I? No, no, it's right. up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, no, he's uh, yeah, playing through the midfield and thriving through the midfield. Yeah, he's, uh, um, uh, you know, ability in training to work on his rugby craft, which is very important as a midfielder, as you know. And then each week he's come up against um, pretty good midfielders themselves. So he's really enjoying that role. Uh, his ability to get out of the contest from that midfield congestion is exciting for us as well. And his height and his size... Gives you that bigger body. It gives a bit of body and you know, can affect other small ones around him. Adrian, James yesterday, the new skipper this season for 2023. I just want to ask you about the balance in his game. He plays a really important role for you guys in terms of getting... Marking the footy, he's averaging 11 marks a game and getting that rebound, but at the same time then he comes up against your likes of Jeremy Cameron and might be Jesse Hogan today. How do you find that balance between him actually helping you in offence but also defensively? Yeah, you're right, there's a balance there, isn't there? <laughs> and he's a very good player in the way he can read the play, so whether it is a, a tall um, key forward or a small key forward, his ability to adapt um, and work around others as well uh, in the back line, so 
uh, reading the ball at once, um, leading the guys around him for another one. And, and then his usage of the ball, you know, his mark off of a boot, um, taking intercept marks and then using the ball and giving it to others that, uh, you know, that we want him to run and carry like Impey um, and Jaff and all these guys as well. So he's got a real good balance and he's still working on his footy every day. Absolutely. And the other one is Toby Green down there today, likely play deeper forward. Uh, what's the role look like there? Yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. You know, we've got young Hardwick yes. that um, can do a good role. Um, so whether he takes him or not, I think that's going to be the case. And you know, we expect there to be a really good battle. Both, both uh, tough players yes. and, and both um, reliable in their own roles. So that'll be exciting and um, exciting for the crowd to see. It will be. Early days, how's Lloyd Meek travelling since you brought him into the club? Yeah, a very young enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's excellent. You know, he's really working with David Hull and his ruck ruck craft uh, he gets around the ground well and each time he goes out and plays he's learning more craft each, each session and, and working with Ned Reeves you know um, he goes down the forward line and, and um, plays good quality forward line um, as a tall and um, so ex- expectations are pressure around the ground when the ball drops but uh, no he's enjoying he's enjoying his role your previous coach Alistair Clarkson moves heaven and earth to get uh, Chad Wingard at the expense of Ryan Burton who's slotted in nicely to Port Adelaide uh, how's Chad travelling and, and what's his best position to get yeah. bang for buck from Chad. Yeah, well, Chad, Chad's been in and out of the side. He had a, had a, um, it wasn't an injury last week, but we, it was a six-day break, so we didn't want to um, risk playing him six days later. His body's fine this week. He's yeah. looking really sharp. He's, he's a forward line player, you know, um, forward pressure player, and with his smarts and his capability of kicking goals, you know, um, goals that matter and that lift the team. So in our forward line, working with um, Bruce and the young fellas around in there. Talking of goals, do you set goals like you're at the bottom of the table at the moment, you're part of a rebuild, do you just have to set yourself small targets? Yeah, small targets. Yeah. Uh, each player, this probably, it, it sounds simple, but to play a role, you know, yeah. play a role and connect with each line. So uh, we want our players to go out there and um, really enjoy their footy for one. And, and we know that's difficult when the score's not going away. But enjoy their footy, stick to their uh, role and task and um, build connection between the, the team itself. And how's the coach, Sam Mitchell, travelling? We saw there's a lot of pressure in the box and those cameras are always there. <laughs> <laughs> they are always there, aren't they? No, he, he's a, a, a beauty, Mitch. Now, I worked with him at um, West Coast when yeah. Mitch was over there and I come back here and um, the same. He fits in nice, really smart, intelligent football brain on him so he can feel and see what's happening and um, a really important educator for our young group. Just quickly, you're in the West Coast program. Um, how are they travelling at the moment and how do they turn around their situation? Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't follow them too much anymore, you know, right. but I see um, the score yesterday, so they just got to stick to their, stick to their process. Well, they're in I, a... I want to ask you a little bit about Mitch and and there was a lot of media talk about the battle with North Melbourne and Clarko, and I, I guess the ref will make it out what you want to be, but was there as much excitement in Mitch after that win than what the media made it out to be? Uh, Mitch is pretty level-headed. We call it a balance wave, so whether we win or, or lose, we like to stay the same. Um, so, no, he's a, a balanced balance man, balanced coach, and he does get excited when uh, one of our younger players uh, shows what he's been learning during the week. Uh, or if we win games or um, if we win a, you know, a quarter in a certain way. So he's got really good balance. He loves his footy. He's a very passionate, passionate man and he drives us 
to, along the same way, which is um, which is exciting. Well, this game gets underway in half an hour's time. I'd imagine what should you be doing apart from talking to us? <laughs> yeah, I should be out in the ground. Yeah, I thought so. I should be out in the ground, but thanks very much. Adrian, we really appreciate your time. It's greatly appreciated. Wish you all the very best today. Uh, you've got the best of the conditions. You're lucky you weren't playing last night. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, man. Good on you. Adrian Hickmont there. So uh, it's going to be a cracker, and the weather is good. We're only looking at a high of 17 degrees today, but uh, Dan... It feels warmer. It does feel warmer, and uh, we talked about it before, but just don't the Hawks fans travel, regardless of yeah. how they're going, and they're not obviously going that well so far this year. They're in a rebuild, as you touched on. There is a lot of Hawks fans here at Norwood Oval. It's great to see, and certainly playing for Geelong, you have a good rivalry against them. I've seen that throughout my career. The Hawks fans are always there in numbers, and they've rocked up again today. Uh, first time I met Adrian, good, strong eye contact game he has. He's very intense. He, he always looks through you. He does, actually. That's a good point. I, I just picked that up as well. And he spent the 10 years at West Coast, which makes sense because Sam Mitchell was there with yeah. him. So it shows what Sam Mitchell thinks of him to bring him across from West Coast as an assistant coach. And yeah, I was looking out there. The other coaches were rolling the ground balls <laughs> and doing those things. And there might be one of the lines going, whereabouts is Adrian right now? <laughs> I know he's been so polite about it, but I just tend to sense a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> and, of course, the Hawthorne side, they're only about 20 metres away from us now. And they're on the centre wing, Mem side and that's how tight this ground is and they've done the measurements it is narrower than Cadinia Park. Yeah, which is uh, very interesting, and it tells people at home that yeah, it's going to be a game that you've got to go north south. You can't you can't spread the ball wide here. There's just not enough space. And uh, as we see Adrian go down there now, I did see Sam Mitchell actually involved in the warm up there, so maybe he took on the reins right. there as assistant coach <laughs> while we spoke with Adrian. Well, they're just going down in the rooms now. GWS has gone down in their rooms as well. We're going to have a closer look at this game uh, very shortly. Looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great contest, boys. Um, we know that Melbourne went into the game against Essendon as favourites yesterday. Uh, look, Simon Goodwin, he's been exposed to a lot of pressure in his short coaching career and he's won a premiership as well. This is what Goody had to say about whether that was the true demons or not. Uh, working harder from contest to contest and that was pretty much the story of the game. That part of the game didn't change for the majority and that gave them great looks at goal. You know, they, they impacted when they went inside 50, they beat our backs pretty comfortably and um, you know, hit the scoreboard. Did it just seem to you that you were off, off out there today? Oh, the best way I can sum it up, it wasn't us. You know, it just didn't look like us as a team. You know, our ability to work and our ability to win contests. And, you know, we, we know we play our best foot in a contest pressure type of game, but that wasn't us today. And you've got to give Essendon credit. You know, that's a, it's a tough, ruthless competition that we live in. And, you know, sides are on the up and Essendon's one of those sides. And, you know, they were cleaner, they were harder and they won more any, critical contests. Is there I love this time of the year, boys. Uh, we start to get an understanding uh, who's really going to be around later in the season. You talk about the form that we've seen from Melbourne. They take on Richmond. That's a bigger game for Richmond next Monday, that is, uh, at the MCG 655. That is a huge game for the Richmond Football Club. They're in a semi-world of pain at the moment. They had the draw at the start of the year, but at the moment they are one win, three losses, one draw. And uh, you talk about Essendon and Collingwood. We'll find out who's the real deal there. I, I still have a serious question mark on Collingwood. Everyone thinks I'm an idiot. I said, I had him out of the eight. Don't laugh at me, Bob. <laughs> 
No, no, I, I'm just waiting for you to admit maybe you might have been off the mark a tad with Collingwood. No, and I've copped a lot of heat and I've had a bit of the stuff. I'm not on Twitter, but people were happy to pass on the information. <laughs> uh, some young bloke trying to make his way in the media. Well, I've been in it for a lifetime. Uh, who is she anyway? Because I have a female name. Um, we give our predictions at the start of the year. So my sliders were Collingwood. Yep. Based on relevant information, yes. they won so many close games. I'm not sure how their forward line's going to function. Is Dan McStay the answer? No, Brody Grundy. I know they didn't have him. Now they've lost uh, Darcy Cameron. Yep. Um, I, I thought there were legitimate reasons to question whether they could stay in the eight and play that football again. They went from 17th to being a beast whisker from a grand final. So I said... They and Fremantle were my two sides to fall out of the top eight. I thought they were the only two that could. And their form was red hot. Michelangelo Rucci asked me, he said, oh, surely you've got them in finals now. Well, I'm not going to jump off after no. two weeks. No. Two weeks. You're right. Still a long way to go. Uh, they, they were the obvious sliders, them and Fremantle. It's yeah. a good point in terms of that. Um, however, if they win today, Kimbo... It's Will they get, make finals? Yeah. I, I, well, I'm still going to hold. Okay. I'm going to hold. Let's go to a break.